Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since I've got my mind right and everything right, I've worked out that it's literally everything is to do with your mental health and how you feel inside your head. And if you get your head right, the rest just follow. From the team at Men's Health Australia, you're listening to Strength Sessions, a podcast that goes beyond the definition of strength. I'm Scott Henderson. And I'm Lincoln Lewis. Now, if you've ever come across a video of a dad losing his absolute shit on YouTube, chances are it's because of Mitchell Hall. All right, dad's going to go pick up my sister, so I'm going to go hide in his boot and scare the shit out of him. Give me your wallet! Oh, fuck off, you dickhead! <laughs> you are a fucking idiot, Mitch. I've just had a fucking kitten. Mitch is the man behind viral sensation Angry Dad a YouTube channel that pretty much takes the piss out of his dad who gets angry a lot. (laughs) Now, Mitch is also an influencer, the founder of Poetic Justice Beverages, and all around just a good bloke who has a very interesting take on life and health. And he's also in the studio with us while we talk about him. (laughs) Good to have you in, brother. Mitch, welcome, mate. Thanks for having us. Before we, I guess, dive into the nitty gritty, I think congratulations are in order. You're going to be dad very soon. It's um, it's all happening. Way to to adult. I'm uh, expecting a little boy in August. Mate, how good. Adulting 101. I know. God, I think I'm owed a fair bit of karma from my son. I was just about to say, are you going to show him the Angry Dad videos? or? I think like I think just a Google search will be in order. For, I don't yeah, think yeah. I'll be able 100%, to stop 100%, mate. It's going to be great because not only will, will your son be able to copy a, a lot of these ideas, but also it gives the chance to evolve them. So it's like these pranks 2.0. This is going to be fantastic. Yeah, it's, it almost allows me never to be washed up. Because <laughs> I, can just, I can just transform into the next version of being the Angry Dad. Instead of just the, yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? And as long as we keep having boys, we're all good. Yeah, and then you'll have angry granddad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you and your son team up together to prank your dad as is now angry granddad. Like, franchise. This is going to be really off. I think I, that's the only way to do it, yeah. just to protect yourself, really. It's true. <laughs> now, mate, we were just talking a little bit off air. You've recently, I guess, restarted. You've always been a pretty fit kind of dude, but you've restarted, I guess, your fitness and health kind of journey. Yeah, I guess when I mean fit, I mean, I've always been heavily involved in sports and I've always loved it. But I guess, to be honest, it all sort of started when I wouldn't say like use the word fame, but just everything kickstarted and, you know, everyone wants to be your friend. Everyone wants to hang out. Everyone wants to go out. Everyone wants to offer you free drinks. Everyone wants all that sort of stuff happened. And I guess that nightlife sort of took over probably I'd say like my health sort of thing. That's all I sort of ended up caring about. And it was a probably good three or four years where I wasn't too good to myself. I mean, I used to, I'd be very yo-yo. I'd, I'd work really hard on myself for like, when I'd say that I'd let myself go, I'd put in a good 30, 40, 50, 60 days, whatever was needed to get back to part. But then I'd be straight back into, you know, that wild life again. And yeah. it was pretty ugly for me. So at the moment, like I've, I'm now three months sober which has been yeah, well. I actually good did, stuff, buddy. Yeah, I did a hundred days last year and felt amazing. And I just thought that I was, you know, 
strong enough to slowly introduce it back to my life and that I was, you know, if I could do 100 days, life's good. I can easily, you know, drink again because it's not a problem. Turns out, bro, like oh, you can't have something that has – you can't be in control of something that has control of you. So whenever yeah. I would drink, I became this person that I didn't like. I'd get bad habits, all that sort of thing. And I thought, you know what? This is it for me. So I called it quits about, yeah, nearly three months ago and I've never looked back. Mate, Amazing. unreal. And it seems like um, – and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, you know, you said – you would let yourself go and, you know, for those people listening, you did this motion kind of like to your body yeah. and it was like, and then you said, I'd pull it back in and it was almost like driven by aesthetics to start with. But now you kind of seem on this plane where it's all about feeling better. Spot on. So uh, like everything was all superficial reasons. I mean, when I thought I didn't look good, I wanted to fix that. I never, ever cared about the oils and the motor inside me. I never yeah. cared about the mental health. I never cared about that sort of thing. It was all about how I looked and not even as much how I felt. If I'd looked good, that's where I'm really sort of lucky that my body worked in the way that it did because I can almost be sure that I wouldn't have had this defining moment if I still stayed fit and looked good and was able to party and drink and stuff. I just don't think I ever would have woken up to it. Yeah. Whereas like my ego didn't allow that. So because I was putting on weight and I was getting like out of control, yeah. my ego pulled me back and said, this is not what I want to look like. This is not what I want to represent myself. So in a way, I actually have to sort of thank ego to that. But since... I've got my mind right and everything right. I've worked out that it's literally everything is to do with your mental health and how you feel inside your head. And if you get your head right, the rest just follows. It's such an interesting way to look at it because, you know, you're saying I'm grateful that I had that ego because although you don't have it now, it's kind of it got you to this point and having that ego pulled you in. Having an ego isn't a bad thing. Everybody has an ego, but it's being yeah. aware of your ego. And when your ego is stepping in and when your ego is controlling you, because like we're all human, it's human nature to f have someone look at you and go, that you look amazing. Like, you know, you, everyone's going to feel that. Like everyone's going to want to like love that feeling. Yeah. But it's being aware that that is your ego that it's feeding and it's not your soul. So mm -hmm. ego yeah. and soul are two different things. And at the moment, like I've got myself to a point where once I get my soul happy, my ego is happy anyway. Yeah. Because right. if you feed your soul, you're doing the right things for your body. It's your body's like the temple. You know, the, the old saying, your body is your temple. Yeah. It's true. When you feed yeah. your soul the right things, the rest takes care of itself. Which is really cool because I, uh, when we caught up just a couple of weeks ago, mate, we, we went for a, a, like, since you moved here, I said, let's catch up. And you said, cool, man, I'm about to go for a walk. Let, do you want to come for a yeah. walk? I said, I would love that. And while we were walking, we were having a really good chat. We, we got in depth about like just our mind, how we're, like training, lifestyle, all the, all the cool stuff that drives us. But one thing that, that really stuck with me is you said, hectic as the journey has been, I'm really stoked to have been in all the situations I have because now it's shown me the paths I don't want to be in anymore and, and the path that I really want to stay on. Correct. And it was a really inspirational thing to hear. Like, because some people go, oh man, you know, I wish never this and that. And, you, and yours was more, no, I'm glad because it's taught me so much about myself about those around me, the company I keep, yep. about the things I do and don't want to put into my body and the direction I want to take, not only for myself, but for my now growing family. Exactly right. Well, I think like when you start to think that things happen to you and not for you, it's really bad sort of mentality. Whereas like I, I, I don't know about you guys, but as a kid, I could never be told what to do. I had to do it myself. You know, you could, my parents could say, don't go out for a walk at night. It's dangerous. I'd be in my head going, it's not dangerous. Mm. Until I went out for a walk, until something happened to me, until I got spooked by something, then I would learn. It's like the same. If someone told me, don't drink when you're older, it's really bad for you. All I would want to do is drink. Someone said, don't take drugs. It's really bad. It could ruin your life. I want to now take drugs just to experience it myself. 
So I did everything and I experienced what I liked and didn't like, and it just has shaped now where I want to go. I don't, we'll never look back and go, I never tried that or I never did that or I wonder what that was like. I've done it and now I know what is good for me and what I actually enjoy. So like it's stuff that some people can't teach you or tell you because you don't experience it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to, to borrow a question that I've, I've heard Scotty ask before, what would you classify as your turning point? My turning point would have been there was a part just at the end of last year where my girlfriend of four years had completely outgrown me. She went to America and she she did so much work on herself. And she, you know when someone just literally outgrows you and they're just a, a league above you and everything is just like... That's Lincoln with me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was just like a moment where I thought I either have to catch up or I'm, I'm done here. So she went away to America and she was doing, everything was for the mind, body, soul. She was just working on herself. She became this rock of a person who was un, like untouchable in terms of nothing would bother her, anything like that. And I was a super like sensitive. I was like, I'd use the word depressed. I was like anxious all the time. I was really into drugs and alcohol. I was just, everything was about feeding my ego, nothing for my soul. And I was had this moment where I'd seen her move on for me and she said she wanted her space. She wanted this, she wanted that. So I went away and I had a month to myself and I thought this, this is where I think like is a true test of character because I was alone and I had to do it for me. So I sat like, I literally just had a conversation with myself and thought you've got one month here to either, I could have easily gone and done what I wanted and told her otherwise or pretended or just don't. But I said, I'm going to put in the work. My goal was to put in the work. So no matter what, at that end of the month, whether she wanted me or didn't want me, I was going to be okay. Wow. That's all I wanted to get to. I wanted to get to that point where I feel so good by the end of this month of hard work and where I'm going to get myself mentally and physically that if she decides to be with me, amazing. If she doesn't, I'll be so strong that I'll be able to get through it. And that's what I did. It's almost like you can't love someone wholly until you love yourself, right? That it's old, spot like, on. That old thing. Yeah, there's nothing you can saying. contribute. Like if your cup's yeah. empty, you can't, yep. you can't you yeah. know, pour for someone else. Um, so mate, I just want to quickly turn the conversation to social media because that kind of, you know, um, I guess that was your launching platform with, with Angry Dad and, and, you know, you and your girlfriend are quite active. You're obviously stepping out and doing quite, a, quite some beneficial work in the men's mental health space or mental health in general space. And you've been, we don't have to rehash it at all, but you've been on the end of some, some online bullying yourself. Is that something that kind of pops up regularly? And is there a way, like, I guess, advice for anyone listening? Because obviously you have this massive platform, but it's something that's kind of this shared experience that everyone kind of goes through these days mm. is, is that negativity. To be honest, I don't, I don't think I could, claim victim as a, yep. someone who cops online bullying because to the degree most people and everyone who puts himself out there do cop it i get very little on yep. the spectrum of things but it doesn't mean i i don't understand it i see it all the time yep. and there's never ever like there's never ever a right time for it and recently the only thing that we were i think that what you might be quoting was my management as all good management do reached out when they found out we were having a child. I mean, my job is I'm online. I put myself out there. We engage with brands. We're like an advertising almost agent. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So 
my management when but, found and out. We're the same. We're a magazine, yep. links and actor. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? So yeah. all so my yeah. management reached out to brands and said, hey, I don't know if everyone's noticed this now, but Chloe and Mitchell are now expecting a child. So going forward, there's going to be a lot of family content. And so if there's any brands that are willing to engage or wanting to engage with them to yeah. reach out because this is, you know, what's going on. Anyway, I'm not going to name names, but there was a lady who owned a publishing company who screenshotted it and it was actually off a forum that was that businesses paid just to be on there. So it wasn't an online post or anything like that. It's a professional business yeah, hub. Brands want to know Brands are on there for that. Yep. She screenshotted it and put it on her Instagram story and said, yuck, call me on fashion, but yuck, and circled it. I don't know, you know the saying, don't rip the ripper. That's all I do is like, I'm used to responding to, you know, pranks or people calling me out. So I know how to respond to it. I put that up in a really professional manner and said like, Look, you're in this advertisement. I don't know what you think by doing this, but it's wrong. It's actually online bullying. You're a professional and you've really like, you know, it's, it's, it's wrong. Then I had a food critic come out and do this. Anyway, there was a heap of online back and forth going between me and this food critic about the whole concept. And that was where I was like, you know what? I did, I raised $350,000 for charity for the bushfires and there wasn't one piece of media written about it. I then get in an argument with the food critic about online harassment and bullying and people calling names. Every single news and media outlet had grabbed it. And that was where I was like, you know what? This is no wonder people are so negative online and people are always trying to do this stuff because that's all that the media grabs is hate and bullying. Mm. Anything to do that's negative and that's got that mm. really viral flood to it, they just grab it. Yeah. So that was like a massive realization for me that I was like, I'm not going to even engage in this stuff anymore because I responded. And I was like, I refuse now going forward to respond to that stuff because yeah. it's only fueling it. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's I think a bit of oxygen and, and it'll go out. Yeah. Because obviously, like you, given your platform and given what was going on, you have the platform to be able to sort of go, okay, I'm going to retaliate. This could go on Correct. or whatever. What, what would your advice be? Because no, no situation will ever be the same for anyone. To hear that, you know, you sort of, you approach it in a, a professional manner, but then after that, do you still, Scotty's words, starve it of oxygen. Yes. You know, is, yeah, is that? Well, is that, that was know? all I did was, and I realized I gave them what they wanted. The food critic that went at me was, Everyone was messaging me, telling me, oh, he always does this. He tries to start controversy to make headlines because this, this, this. So I gave him exactly what he wanted, but whatever. That was it. I learned from that. My bit of advice going to him, which is what me and my girlfriend spoke about, was if you're in like engaging in online hate or just think about, if say you, Lincoln, were scrolling on Facebook and you saw something, a video or someone do something that just deeply offended you, would you go and write a comment to them? You know what I mean? Would you sit there and actually physically take time out to write something rude and online about this person or would you just see it and just scroll past it? Yeah, no, nah, personally, I, I would, I would like, you wouldn't want to give it any air because to give it air means that it, it, it's, it's going places. It, it's giving it a bit of justification, so to speak. Correct. So what I'm like a massive believer in now is that those people that are engaging in all these online discussions, all this hate, all this being, they're doing it because they don't feel good in themselves. So the reason that they're just trying to do it is that it's literally their insecurities and it's mirroring back to them. And that's what's offending them so much that they just can't, they can't let it slide without going at it. So my literally advice, which I was given about it all was what let people speak about whatever they want. Every single person that's making comments, anyone who's taking time out of their day to literally do that, 
it's just showing how deeply hurt they are. Do you know what I mean by yeah. that? It's kind of you're let, you're, it's like let them be them, but whenever it comes your way, you're going to turn that negativity into positivity Correct. and keep going about your day. That's exactly right. Right. And so you've also like branched out now into wider mental health. And we were just talking about, I'll let you describe it, some initiatives you're starting up, I guess, to encourage that conversation and that safe space for guys um, through community. Yep. Well, my girlfriend started a mental health app but it's more so for females it's very big community for females it's called bloom and it's just about yeah but literally blooming and becoming a better version of yourself using you know meditations yoga grateful gratitude all that sort of stuff and it's a it's a really really nice um platform for females and They've got a massive community on Facebook with over 5,000 people on it. They've got thousands of people subscribed to the app. And it's it's really like, it's a real safe place for females, which I see it every single day because my partner's doing it. But I'm like, I want to be involved in it, but in a more way for males. So every, like I'm always doing things for men's mental health and raising awareness, spreading positivity. But the more that my journey's gone on and I've gotten healthier, sober, clearer, everything like that. I have a real sort of passion for this space. And like, I I feel like I'm a safe place for men to reach out to me. I mean, I get random people messaging me all the time about their relationship problems, their addictive personalities with gambling and drinking and all this stuff. And I'm like, if I'm encouraging them to speak to me on Instagram, imagine giving people an actual space Mm. to do something. So I thought of doing this, walk and I was talking to my mate about it and he said well funny enough there's actually a guy in um, Gold Coast that does this thing they're called men's medicine and they do this big walk and it's literally from it's breakthroughs for men so uh yeah on March on the on the March 28th we're gonna do uh I'm gonna do my first walk with them and it's gonna be obviously open to the public it's a ticketed thing but leading on from that I'm gonna do a follow-up walk every single Monday morning on the Gold Coast for all men to get involved in. And literally it's going to be like, I love win your morning, win your day. So every Monday morning, 5am, I'm going to start a walk for any single ma- like male invo- lives in Gold Coast who wants to just wake up, start their week right, be around other guys, talk about it and just really like have a positive kickstart to your week. Let them know that there's a, there's a space where yeah. you are able to be vulnerable, yourself, but vulnerable. comfortable. Yep. Yep. And I love, I love how you've, you, what you've said there, it's win your morning, win your day. Yeah. Because so many times if you start your morning off right, you feel like you can take the day on. Yep. It costs zero dollars and zero cents to be a good person. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So everyone can do it. And Mitch, I think that's kind of where you're really like finding your niche is because you still have a laugh, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. And like when you're coming together and creating these communities, it's still a welcoming, positive space. You're approaching it in this really positive way. So it's kind of resonating with a whole bunch of people that have grown up knowing you as, you know, the angry dad guy, having a bit of a laugh. Mm. And you can still do that and still tackle these big issues as well and still better yourself, you know? Yeah, and I think it also helps people understand that there's no like stereotype to it. Like I... I was positive, funny, always ha- taking the piss, always this, but I still had my problems. So, like, I think some people think, like, oh, I don't feel terrible 24-7, so, like, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, yeah. you know, I just have my off days. But it's like, you can still talk about your off days. You're still yeah. allowed to have them. Like, I think as men, we just aren't vulnerable enough. Like, when do you when do you ever actually sit around with friends? Like, you guys might be different because you're in the space and you actually wear, but I don't know too many men that actually sit around and talk like, how's, you know, how was your week? How do you feel? 
are you enjoying work? Mm. Why aren't you training? Why aren't mm. you eating well? Do you feel like this? How, like, it's, a fu- it's a funny thing, right? Because it's like mental health is based off an emotion, right? So yeah. you are feeling depressed. You never are like, oh, I'm feeling really cancery today. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Totally. It's it's totally different or like, oh, I'm feeling really broken leggy. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's I'm feeling down. Like yeah. it's And it's still part of your health. But I think that's where that disconnect comes through because it's emotion. And like you said, you don't have to feel it 24-7. You can have a down moment or a down day mm-hmm. and it's still something that needs to be addressed. And I feel like when we have those down moments we take them on ourselves. Mm. Like yes. you think that you don't have the right to then go and burden anyone else with this thing. It's me feeling bad, me feeling like this. I, I got to deal with it. It's, it's, it's on me. Whereas it's not true. That's a collective mindset for, for so long. So many people have had. And, and you know, what you said before is, okay, maybe Scotty and I are in, are in a diff, different spaces where we talk about that a lot more, but it, at some point we didn't. Yeah. And it took someone to be able to initiate that conversation. And that's actually how Scotty and I became mates. And ultimately what led to me doing a, a transformation with men's health, which then led on to us um, having this podcast together is because Scotty and I sat down one day and we we're having a chat and this was, we were in the Gold Coast and we talked about a lot of banterish shit. And yep. then finally we just got onto one thing and it just led on to both of us opening up to each other. And both of us just started sort of just opening up a bit more and more, becoming more and more vulnerable to, about ourselves and and so like what you're doing with your platform is initiating a spark and what we're trying to do with this podcast is to do the same thing so it's really great to have you in here if you can put the spark out of someone it's going to initiate a bit of a change with them and who's to say that they're not going to do it to one of their mates you know and and it could happen chilling out with your mates or it could actually get someone to call up a mate and go hey by the way last time we caught up you you seemed a bit down you're good yep and that could change everything and have you not noticed any conversation that usually starts with a spark ends with just flame, like the floodgates open yep. and they just stop. It's like they just can't stop talking or typing. It's just yep. like once you once you initiate that little bit of a safe place for them, no, I reckon nine out of ten times it's just go, 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 yep. go. It gives and you that a just shows how long they've been holding things in. Absolutely. And it gives you more of an insight. You could be friends with someone for years. Yep. And then suddenly when you break down such a barrier, you actually go, I've got even more of an insight into who you are. But then again, how it's affecting me and how it's making me feel plus engage with you would give me more of an insight into myself. So it's kind of like helping people open up in every aspect. So, And yeah. I reckon the best friendships are formed through vulnerability. When you're vulnerable with someone right from the start, you, I reckon you can establish the the perfect connection. Like my PT, when I first moved here, I didn't, I'd never met him. I'd spoken to him on Instagram to tee up the session. Within that 60 minute session, I knew everything about him, every dark secret, deep mm. problem. He knew everything of mine and our friendship formed within a week. Right. Within one week at five, I felt like I'd known him forever. But if I hadn't have broken down myself and been vulnerable with all those different things where he knew the ins and outs of how I feel, what gets to me, what I'd been hiding and, he did the same. Like you, we wouldn't. There's no way we would have formed that friendship and relationship so quickly. Yeah. So obviously, Mitch, like that, you know, sense of community, and a lot of guys find that in working out, you know, and and kind of getting outdoors and going for walks. You know, we always say there's this saying, and it's like women address problems face to face. They'll sit down, have dinner, have coffee, look at each other. Guys do it side by side. So we'll do it going for a walk. We'll do it at the gym, you know, going for for a drive. You know, it's like we're always side by side when we address these, despite me looking you directly in the eye now. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard that. I really um, like that. But, and obviously, so, you know, working out for you has kind of been this space, you know, in sobriety and kind of addressing your eating. And you mentioned, you know, you had that connection with your trainer. What, What do you do to work out and to kind of like, I guess, address your 
you know, we talked about it's not for aesthetics anymore, but it's that physicality that kind of drives your mental health. Well, what, one thing I found out when I went sober is you have a lot of spare time. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much time I dedicated to drinking and going out and partying. And probably recovering too, yes, right? Yeah. That's it, correct. <laughs> You've got 50% of it was doing it and the other 50% was recovering from doing it. So I had a lot of spare time. So for me, training was a really big time filler. Mm-hmm. And at the start, like obviously when you're coming from so far back, you don't enjoy it as much. But now that I'm seeing progress, it becomes addictive. That's what I always talk about. It. I've got a very addictive personality. Yeah. But having an addictive personality isn't necessarily a bad thing if you channel it right. Yeah. So yes, I was like, I got addicted to drinking, going out, that sort of life. But now I've channeled it to being addicted to my training and to my eating and to everything like that. So I'm tr- I've literally just tried to replace the negative with the positive and yep. I'm channeling that energy that I used to, to going out to now my physical and mental health. And yep. it's just working for me and I'm enjoying it. I've got a good PT who <coughs> I like. We get along well, we talk. It's, it's social for me as well. So I think that's why I've sort of found like that happy medium so easily. Yeah. And you're hitting two sessions a day, right? Yeah. Are yep. they lifting? Are they well, running? Are they? So my morning sessions are a bit more functional. Usually at six, sometimes seven. It would be a bit more of a functional training. Mm-hmm. And then I'll uh, hit a bit of heavier weights at about 3, 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Nice. Good mix. Wow. That sounds yeah. like the Lincoln Lewis special. I did land him well. on the front cover <laughs> of Ben's <laughs> house, yeah. so it works. Oh. Little, any chance we had to drop that into yeah, conversation? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I'm really stoked that we have this podcast about is because when when we see your videos on whether it be like that you're posting up with with you and your partner or is you know doing the angry dad stuff, whenever you see things on on social media, magazines, whatever it may be, is you always see the best of things, right? And it gives this perception that everyone needs to be happy all the time. Yeah. Everything's always going to be perfect. So everyone thinks or they're under this perception that relationships are meant to be peaches and cream 24 7 there's no bad things and if it's a bad thing that means a relationship shouldn't exist because what we see on social media means that if that's anything to go by then this is the wrong one for us or something like that so it's really amazing and i love how you've opened up to talk about what you had to confront to save your relationship and the changes that you've made personally and for your partner to make this like to make the flourishing relationship stronger than ever you know it's one of those things just to sort of go what you see on the outside is it's every like social media and stuff is everyone's highlights real but it's really cool that you're actually using that platform to show both the happy times but also confront the the harder issues yep. and it's it's really great that you know that's it's another really great re- reason that we have you in here and so that you're opening up so much for us thanks bro well for me i feel like the like the one thing that i learned recently was authenticity and to be authentic online and i guess i used to think that but like social media was all about like the end result and the glory people want to see it's what we all people want to see the the struggles as much as anything people want to know that you're a real person you're a human you go like most of me and chloe's youtube videos are about our problems and like what we've dealt with and like we made a video talking about how we moved out from living with each other and stuff like that because it's normal yeah you know like how if, if you, you can't expect people to follow and to be a part of this journey they can't relate to it like what partner out there who can relate to just 
beach photos, kissing, perfect smiling. Like no one can just relate to that. Yeah, they have those moments, but if people can't relate to you fighting, arguing, having time apart, like they don't want to be part of this journey because they just feel shit about their own journey. Yeah, or at least be reassured that like everyone, like you just said before, everyone, everyone's human. We all have our yep. problems, our bad days, and and it doesn't matter what you see on the highlight reel. There is the other reel as of well, of course. Yeah. But like what I think people are still struggling to understand is people love to see the low lights as well. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's interesting because it makes you human. So like, but it's also motivating yes. because when you're speaking about how you've pulled yourself out of it and the tools that you've used to do that, who's to say that someone isn't in that same position or going and there is, there's I'm always someone hundred percent. I'm stuck in a rut. And then, you know, all right, well shit, this is like Mitchy was going through this. Fuck. Like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give that a go. Well, I was actually going to talk about something in one of my YouTube videos like coming up, but I might even just chat about it here because it seems like fitting. Great. Like there was one exit, like I'm not a massive believer in doing exercises and things like, like to, to get a result. You know what I mean? But I listened to someone talk and I can't remember who the guy was, but he spoke about an exercise because I had a real big problem between there was a part like I love a certain version of myself, but I know that there's this darker version of me that I can't stand, but it comes up sometimes. And it was usually through drugs and alcohol as when I would see them. Anyway, he, uh, he wrote about how everyone has their good and bad sides. So he said to get two pieces of paper on one piece of paper, write down every single one of your best qualities, every single quality that is like the best version of when you're at your best. So I did it and I wrote down, he said, now name that person. So I named it myself, Mitchell, because that's who I you know, want to be and that's who I think I am. So now on the other piece of paper, write down the worst qualities that you ever have. Doesn't matter how deep or dark they can be, write them down. So I wrote them all down and he said to label that person. So I called this person Scott because when I'm that person, <laughs> when I'm that, Ouch. <laughs> could have lied, could have lied. No, but it makes sense. I'll, 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 I'll explain why. Because when I'm this person, can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> when I'm this person, I say that I'm Scott because I've Scott no mates, Scott no oh. drive, <laughs> Scott nothing. Online bullying in real life, guys. <laughs> Yeah. I the mic it's all right. I, I grew up with Austin Powers. Scotty doesn't know. Like, oh, that's, uh, oh, that's so good. That couldn't have been Scotty more. Scotty don't. Scotty don't. Oh, Scotty does. Uh, all right. Well, guys, enjoy the rest of the podcast. Yeah. So anyway, you, you know this jerk, Scott. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I wrote this down, and what it helped me do, what it like, and what it was meant to do is when you like feel yourself being this person, it allows you to step back from it and label it so when i was like when i would go to do like if say i got tempted into doing something that i'd go would mitch does mitch want to do this or does scott want to do this so when i could sit back from it and be like oh you know this like by me going out to do this or me feeling this way or being this person i'm not being mitch here i'm being scott and it really helped me sit back and actually like withdraw myself from the situation and look at it from like another perspective and it really helped me make like those decisions where i used to like you know might be 50 50 i'm just gonna do it who cares it's like it's not me it's yeah. but it, right. it, it helped me look yeah. at it and be like that's not the qualities of mitch that's the qualities yeah. of the person that i don't like it's to give you that tool to actually draw that line between like the decisions yep. you would like to make and the decisions, decisions that are more tempting that you don't want to do but like it, it gives that that Correct. definitive line and i feel like when you think that you want to do something you think that that's just you wanting to do it but it's it's the bad part of you yeah. that wants to do it you know what i mean so 
by knowing what all your favorite qualities are in you, that's who you want to be and that's who you want to feel all the time. Yeah. That's like, like you might still have these sort of thoughts, but it doesn't mean that doesn't identify you as that person. Does you crossing know I mean? this line benefit all the good qualities Correct. I would like to continue on? We always ask all of our guests this one question and it's what does strength mean to you? For me, strength at the moment definitely means like headstrong. Like that's to me, all I want to be now, I know when I'm headstrong, the rest of my life flows amazing. So strength in terms of physical strength, everything like that, that means absolutely nothing to me in terms of headstrong. So great answer. Love it. Bloody Straight beautiful. Mate, thank you so much. I know you have a whole bunch going on and um, really appreciate the time and the honesty and dragging my good name through the mud. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been Maybe a- both Scots can hang out one yeah. day. <laughs> It doesn't sound like I want to meet this other no, I, want, no. I want to see you redeem that Scotty name. Scott, too many friends. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, you're an absolute champion. It was great to meet you, man. Thanks, thanks, thanks for jumping thanks on Thanks for inspiring, brother. Thank you guys for listening and for joining us um, on this latest episode. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And yeah, can't wait to bring you guys more. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.